0: Welcome to the NPS MedicineWise podcast, helping health professionals stay up to date with the latest news and evidence about medicines and medical tests. Yeah, hi, I'm Steve Rice, CEO of NPS MedicineWise, and welcome to another podcast in our series related to COVID-19 issues. Today, we'd like to welcome Professor Michael Kidd, uh, Deputy Chief Medical Officer at the Commonwealth Department of Health. Hello, Michael. Hi there Steve, thanks for the opportunity to join you. Yeah, and thank you. Look, it's fantastic to have you join us on our podcast today. And many of our listeners would have heard you on the radio and TV over recent months talking about the many challenges of COVID-19. And there are a number of topics we could discuss, uh, but for this podcast, we'd just like to focus on a few relating to chronic disease management, continuity of care, and quality use of medicines. Um, But to start off with, it would be really interesting to hear from you more about, I suppose, the engine room of the Department of Health response in terms of the National Incident Room. Um, what's its role and purpose, and how it works? Sure, so
1: the, the National Incident Room is the Australian Government Department of Health Emergency Response Centre, and it's uh, activated by the Australian Government Chief Medical Officer when we identify a significant event or a threat to the health of the, and well-being of the people of Australia. Uh, the National Incident Room has actually been activated since November 2019 uh, was set up at that time uh, for the bushfires uh, was involved in the response to the White Island uh, volcano uh, tragedy in New Zealand and then of course uh, has continued uh, throughout uh, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, from the very beginning when uh, when the very first reports uh, were starting to come out Uh, the incident room is staffed by people from across uh, government uh, portfolios including health and home affairs and defense foreign affairs um, and uh, and also uh, links in with the states and territories and I think that where people have probably seen uh, the most um, uh, visibility for what's happening with the National uh, Incident Room has been with the uh, the deliberations of the Australian Health Protection Principle Committee which brings together the chief medical officer with the chief health officers of each of the states and territories, and uh, which has been meeting uh, daily uh, throughout the uh, the pandemic, uh, and uh, providing advice to the national cabinet on the national response uh, to uh, all the health elements. Uh, in in response to to COVID-19 also the national medical stockpile which um, has been uh, bringing together uh, in the case of COVID-19 particularly uh, personal protective equipment but also uh, medications and treatments for uh, for, uh, COVID-19 and things which are being researched uh, as uh, as possible uh, prevention or treatment uh, for the virus uh, and, uh, and also uh, issuing the community uh, alerts, so health.gov.au, the Australian Government Department of Health website, with its, uh, the huge amount of information which has been coming out to the general public, uh, but also targeted information. And of course, for many of the listeners, this will be the advice coming out to uh, healthcare providers about uh, all aspects of uh, the health response.
0: Thanks Michael, that's really comprehensive um, insight into into the workings of the National Institute Room. Just just one further question on that, what's the linkage to the COVID-19 Clinical Evidence Task Force?
1: Uh, So the uh, COVID-19 Clinical Evidence Task Force was set up with funding from the Australian Government Department of Health and uh, and is carrying out the uh, the rapid reviews, which uh, which many of you, the listeners will uh, will have looked at and which is a great resource when uh, when you're looking for updates on uh, our current knowledge um, about particularly about uh, treatments uh, for or potential treatments for COVID-19 and responds uh, to recommendations and advice from uh, from the HPPC from the uh, Department of Health about uh, topics which are, uh, are of particular interest but of course is also scoping the uh, the world literature and
0: Uh, and uh, and producing uh, its own uh, responses as well. Yeah, thanks Michael. An MPS Metamise is a partner to the work of the National COVID-19 Clinic Climates Task Force and we've been producing summaries of information for for clinicians um, uh, to help understand that complicated space. Um, Look, I'd just like to move on to maybe talk about managing chronic disease during the pandemic and obviously given that nearly 12 million Australians approximately 50 percent of Australians live with one or more chronic diseases and recent data suggested a significant drop in GP and specialist visits alongside a significant drop in pathology testing. What are the concerns that you have for people with chronic disease at this time and what steps should and could be taken? So one of the uh, the
1: core uh, principles behind Australia's response to COVID-19 has been to ensure that, as well as having our health system able to respond and um, manage and care for uh, people infected with uh, COVID-19, that also our regular healthcare system uh, continues and continues to deliver uh, care for, uh, for acute conditions for people with uh, chronic conditions for people with mental health conditions and all the preventive uh, interventions which uh, which are carried out as well what we know from past evidence of past pandemics and past epidemics in different parts of the world is that often uh, if the health care system becomes overwhelmed in responding to the uh, impact of the infectious agent um, a lot of the regular health care Uh, falls uh, by the wayside and you can actually end up with more morbidity and mortality rate related to uh, neglecting uh, addressing regular health care concerns than may occur from the infectious agent so we've been very uh, very uh, active right from the uh, outset of the pandemic to make sure that the people of Australia can continue to get their regular health care and of course uh, when we went into the initial lockdown Around Australia, uh, one of the responses was to very rapidly introduce uh, telehealth and the capacity for people uh, to be able to access their GP, uh, their consultant specialist, and other healthcare practitioners using telehealth, uh, and uh, and being able to do that from their homes, and then when necessary uh, to come out and to arrange face-to-face uh, consultations for further assessment and care. And also to arrange uh, for appropriate uh, investigations uh, which may be needed so we we have seen of course a lot of the face-to-face consultations replaced by telehealth during the initial lockdown period right around the country and then this of course has been happening again with the second wave of infection which we've seen in Victoria and particularly with the stage 4 lockdowns uh, in Melbourne and it's really important to to remember that uh, even uh, with Melbourne under stage four lockdowns one of the reasons that people are allowed to uh, leave their homes is to receive our uh, care so to attend their GP uh, to go to their pharmacist to pick up their uh, their, their medications uh, to attend other specialists to attend pathology to have Uh, blood tests or other tests done uh, to attend radiology services to uh, have uh, investigations and even though we've seen uh, in Melbourne at this time uh, a dramatic reduction in elective uh, surgery procedures uh, we still have the capacity of course for uh, for uh, operations and other procedures uh, to be carried out which are necessary uh, in order to ensure the, the health and well-being of the population um, we are, however though concerned that um, there have been reports about reductions in the number of people presenting uh, with uh, new uh, symptoms in particular uh, we had reductions during the initial uh, lockdowns of people attending uh, emergency uh, rooms or Acute presentations of heart attacks and strokes and other conditions. We know that many people with uh, chronic health concerns, despite the public messaging, were putting off and delaying uh, receiving the, the regular care and, and checkups which they would have. We know that many people with chronic mental health concerns uh, had been uh, delaying uh, some of their care. Uh, as well, and uh, and we know that uh, initially uh, we had uh, people uh, delaying uh, the cancer screening, which they would normally have been having uh, carried out on a on a regular basis. Uh, fortunately, around uh, the rest of the country, a lot of this, of course, is uh, this backlog has been caught up with over. Uh, the last few months but uh, but we are very concerned obviously about the uh, second uh, wave of, of restrictions uh, on the people of Melbourne and, uh, and we've been very active in encouraging uh, GPs through reaching out to their patients particularly those with uh, chronic conditions those who would normally be attending uh, appointments to reach out using telehealth to uh, assess people and if necessary then to arrange Uh, face-to-face consultations, very keen uh, that people obviously are continuing to get their repeat uh, prescriptions uh, from their pharmacists and very um, aware of the need for people uh, to continue to be having the uh, pathology tests and other investigations as part of their continuing care.
0: Yeah, thank you Michael. And what about specific vulnerable populations, particularly at the moment those in aged care facilities?
1: Well we're very very concerned about uh, everybody who is Uh, at increased risk if they're infected uh, with COVID-19 and of course this includes um, older members of our our community uh, both those who are in their own homes and those who as you mentioned are in residential aged care uh, facilities but also people with significant uh, chronic health Uh, concerns uh, and uh, and also Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people with uh, chronic health concerns who if they uh, were to be infected with uh, COVID-19 there's an increased risk of more severe uh, disease uh, occurring uh, and people becoming at risk of becoming gravely unwell Uh, really important for those in residential aged care again that. Um, the ongoing uh, care is continuing and of course uh, this has been happening through uh, telehealth once again with the general practitioners uh, who are providing uh, care to their patients who are residents in aged care are uh, being able to reach out uh, using uh, telehealth to have consultations with their patients and where necessary for uh, people to come into the facilities with appropriate personal protective equipment uh, and in order to uh, carry out assessments and where necessary to carry out our uh, treatments as well it's been really important in particular that our allied health services have been able to continue our physiotherapists our dietitians our, our podiatrists and others who are providing uh, ongoing care and rehabilitation support to uh, people who uh, maybe in residential aged care or maybe recovering from strokes and from other uh, serious uh, concerns uh, health concerns uh, really important that care is continuing and also of course through uh, telehealth we've had a, a lot of mental health care services being delivered remotely as well by psychiatrists by psychologists by general practitioners by other uh, people delivering mental health services to their patients
0: yeah, thank you, Michael. And just, obviously, you, you talk quite a bit about telehealth. Um, do you have any views as to the ongoing sustainability of telehealth, both during the pandemic period and perhaps beyond it?
1: Well, I think uh, telehealth, we, as you know, we were planning to roll out telehealth over a 10-year period, and we ended up rolling it out over 10 days in response to the urgent emergency healthcare needs of the population uh, of Australia. And it's been working very well for many many people we've had millions and millions of consultations between uh, gps and other healthcare providers uh, and their patients using uh, telehealth both uh, video consultations but also uh, telephone consultations as well uh, the at the moment uh, the emergency measures for telehealth are running until the 30th of september at which point uh, the government uh, will be assessing uh, what if any of those measures will continue beyond that time. But I think that uh, as we've seen the pandemic uh, continuing and with the uh, continuing uh, community transmission that we have in Victoria at this time, the importance of telehealth, of being able to protect the vulnerable members of our patient populations, but also to protect the vulnerable members of our healthcare worker populations, uh, that, that need of course continues.
0: Yeah, Michael, and you mentioned previously, obviously, um, measures put in place to ensure continuity of of medicines. Are there any other other quality use of medicines issues that come to mind in terms of uh, issues you'd like to highlight?
1: Look, I think the the most important um, issue has been making sure that people have been able to uh, access their medications and... Um, um, obviously continuing to have community pharmacy open uh, even under the uh, the most stringent of restrictions has been absolutely essential for uh, for the population uh, I think that uh, we had a number of measures which uh, came into place to ensure the continuity of people's uh, access to medicines uh, during the bushfires and a number of those measures have uh, rolled through and continued uh, in order to support the population uh, throughout the pandemic. Uh, the protection of uh, people working in community pharmacies has obviously been very important and uh, the provision of personal protective equipment hasn't just happened uh, through the primary health networks for general practitioners and, and, and the people working in general practices also also uh, been applied to people working in community pharmacies as well. and uh, And I think we've seen very quickly uh, people adapt uh, to new ways of uh, of getting prescriptions of prescriptions being uh, transmitted uh, to the uh, the pharmacy of choice pharmacies arranging uh, delivery to uh, to vulnerable people uh, in their homes where people were not wanting to uh, venture out uh, from their homes uh, and risk coming into contact with large numbers of other people so I think there's been you no know, really really remarkable and and magnificent responses by so many people in the health professions in Australia to make sure that we've been able to continue to deliver the high quality of health care which the Australian public uh, expects and deserves.
0: Yeah, Michael, yeah, well, there's many healthcare care professionals obviously um, done more than gone above and beyond to to deliver care to patients over over the last um last six months or so. Is there any key message that you'd like to send to them? Look,
1: I think, firstly, a, a huge thank you to everybody who is working in healthcare in Australia and making sure that the people of Australia are able to continue to receive the care that they need. Uh, people have, as I said, responded magnificently, but also have been incredibly adept and nimble in changing the models of care delivery uh, in in a very rapid uh, period of time. and. Uh, making sure that uh, even as we move to more and more virtual care for our patients, that we still have the face-to-face uh, services available when they're needed and recognising that uh, telehealth, uh, as good as it is, uh, does not completely replace uh, the need. For many uh, face-to-face consultations and uh, for uh, for that further care to be delivered I think also I've just been really impressed how people have been reaching out to their patients when uh, when the isolation measures have been brought in uh, to make sure that that people are coping well especially those of our patients with chronic disease those of our patients who uh, we know are living on their own and are in isolation those of our patients we know have uh, significant mental health health concerns to um, to check up and make sure that people are doing okay. And that uh, that reaching out by trusted health professionals is, I know, just just so appreciated uh, by so many members of the Australian population.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. Look, and thank you for your time um, to take part in this podcast, Michael. Really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, thanks Steve, and thanks for all the great work that uh, NPS MedicineWise is doing to support us all during this really challenging time.
0: Yeah, thank you, Michael. And for our listeners, as always, further information on the work we're doing on COVID-19 is available on our website, nps.org.au. Thank you for listening. For more information about the safe and wise use of medicines, visit the NPS MedicineWise website at nps.org.au.